Shortly after my son was born, I had this thought. Now I can buy Star Wars Legos <laughs> and not have to carry the burden of shame of being a grown man playing with children's toys. <laughs> you know what? It's not so shameful anymore. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Well, when I was growing up, and yes, admittedly, that was a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away in Iowa in the 1970s and 80s, my dad didn't buy toys that he secretly hoped he <laughs> would get to play with. Yeah. He went to work. <laughs> That's what grown men did in the That's 1970s. Right. They didn't hang out in the toy section of Target trying to rationalize buying another Lego Millennium Falcon. They didn't talk about podcasts about movies and TV. No, no, none of those. That, <laughs> my grandfather would not have recognized this as real work, but I digress. I digress. This is not my grandfather's podcast. But these days, dads not only play with their kids, but sometimes they just straight up buy toys for themselves. In fact, a new report indicates that 25% of toys purchased these days are purchased by adults for themselves, mm. not secretly, you know, getting it for themselves and telling the cashier they're getting it for their kids. <laughs> and it's also the biggest growth market in the toy industry. And I thought, man, I think there are some things to talk about here on the Plugged In Show with regard to pop culture, with regard to merchandising, and just asking the question, are adults playing with toys and playing with toys with their kids? Is that a good thing, a bad thing? Both, neither. So we're going to kick that around. And in our second segment, I know I've already mentioned Star Wars once already, but uh, Star Wars, who knew when it came out in 1977 that in 2023, new Star Wars things would still be coming out. And we have a new one, and that's Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. So if you missed Season 1 and you're like, I need to get caught up, check out our review. And Emily Chow will bring us up to speed on what's happening with The Bad Batch Season 2. And a bit later on, we will try to stump each other with another game of Name That Movie, where we exaggerate details of popular movies and try to guess which film we're talking about. So if you haven't done so already, grab your favorite beverage and pull up a chair and maybe a favorite blanket for another lively conversation about pop culture and its influence on our families. Or, you know, if you're doing something else, if you're going for a walk, walking the dog, Driving. Work, working out, driving, all the places that we listen to podcasts. We are glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. And we would love to hear from you. And I'll tell you how you can do that a little bit later on. So as we talk about what experts are calling, they've made up this new word, kidulting. Kidulting. You know, adults and kids combined. And the Bad Batch, be thinking about what you would like to share with us. Well, joining me for our conversation today are Jonathan McKee, Bob Hoos, and Paul AC. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Greetings. Well, I talked about Legos in the intro, so I figured, you know, for our icebreaker today, I want to know what is either, either you have two choices, and I know some of you will make both choices because, you know. I don't know why you're looking at me. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at you, Paul AC. What's your favorite <laughs> Lego set, either that you owned? Or that you wish that you could own, but you have decided that eight hundred dollars is too much money for a Lego set. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Paul, you know, you I, lead I, us I, off? I, oh, go ahead, Jonathan. I could chime in on that. I, I think that uh, 
for me, I, I, I had a few of those sets, like it was like a spaceship or something like that. And it, and believe it or not, it wasn't like one of now they seem to be commercialized towards a certain movie, you know, like the Lego, you know, Millennium Falcon or something like that. As cool as that would right. be, I never had one of those. I might have just had a Lego spaceship or a Lego castle or spaceship. something like that. But, but the most that I had was just kind of those plain sets. And I was in Costco the other day, and, and my grandson's kind of into the Duplos now. We kind of will Duplo <laughs> together. And there's this Lego set, and it said ages five and up. And I was bummed because I'm like, ah, oh, my grandson's only two. But I was looking because Costco has this jumbo set that's like just a bunch of the basic you know, pieces. Yep. Yep. And I was super excited because it wasn't like a spaceship set or anything like that. It was literally a bunch of yellow, a bunch of red, a bunch of green, <laughs> and like the flat pieces that you're always looking for that there's never enough of. Right. I was like, there's plenty of them, you know? So to me, that got me super excited. I think my favorite set literally is the plain stuff because I just like to create. I don't have, want to follow instructions to try to make something that's on the cover. Yeah, I, I, I'm in a similar camp. I, I've never owned a set of Legos that were designed as a special movie tribute. Well, now or I know what to like get that. you guys, you know, for Christmas <laughs> next year. Well, but yeah. I was, I was <laughs> thinking, Legos. I was thinking, if I did, I would probably want to opt for a Star Trek Lego set, which they uh-huh. don't make. They don't. Unfortunately. It's a, they, it's they don't a have, licensing thing, yeah, right? Yeah, they don't have the licensing. And I know and, our producer, Ashley, is right with you because she's a huge Star Trek fan. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's better than Star Wars. But in any case, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's something they That's don't make. That's another podcast. And, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> might be a couple of them. Go ahead, Bob. No, no, I'm, I'm done. That's it. That's Paul, what, that's what I, I would have chosen. Okay. That's so, funny. I got to go back to my childhood, my younger, younger days. The very coolest toy I ever got was the classic yellow castle Lego set. Oh, I remember it that. It was amazing. It was incredible. I built it like about half a dozen times. I still have the box actually in my closet. Just I, just the box? No, well, it does it is missing some of the pieces. I oh, keep I looking at the box and I think, "Oh, should I build that again?" And I think, "Oh, it'd be so disappointing because I'm sure not all the pieces are there." But it it truly made for hours of playtime because I made you know they didn't they never give you enough minifigures with these things right so i wound up making a bunch more knights with pipe cleaners you know i just made some stick figure knights with shields and had them which i'm sure were exactly exactly like oh (laughs) yeah oh that was such a good set so yeah that would be that would be my set well and it gets that and we're going to talk about this the beauty of play is ultimately doing your own thing. And I think what all three of you have said is because you're all three equally oppositional defiant, I'm just going to observe that. (laughs) We're not going to follow instructions. We're going to make our own thing. But, (laughs) But part of the, part of the joy, I think, especially of Legos. And I think why they have persisted in our pop culture is because it does tap into your imagination. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. And we'll talk about that further perhaps when we get into our cadulting segment. So my choice um, is a extraordinarily specific. The most important movie moment in my entire life is the first 30 seconds of Star Wars, where Princess Leia's ship, which is called what, Paul? The Tavin 4? You're so close. Yavin 4. No. Spore Yavin 4 is the planet. Something. 
the tantive. Tantive. Four. I know. Four. You were close. You were oh, close. Man, I <laughs> failed. Get, you know, if I, I were a professor, I would, I would give you like maybe 70% credit on that. That's um, fine. I can draw it. Does that Which, count? of course, uh, you know, Star Wars fans know is a Corellian Corvette that's set up to go fast. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's everyone a, knows yeah, that. Yeah. It's a blockade so, runner. Yeah. Um, anyway, I would get the ultimate collector set, Tantive Four. I think they've made three of them. And the... Um, the ultimate collector set is you know, definitely the coolest. There is so much alarming about that whole segment <laughs> that you well, know all of this information about Star Wars and you know that there have been three separate Lego sets built. Well, I think this is a great lead into our conversation, which is this idea of kidulting and the question of whether adults who have this nostalgia and now perhaps the means to go back and revisit their childhood. And maybe that means I hop on eBay and I get my favorite toy from when I was a kid. Or, I mean, how many of us grew up with a friend that they were, you know, had rich and indulgent parents and they got all the toys (laughs) that we couldn't get. Like I had one Shogun warrior, but my friend Kobe Shank had all three, you know, which felt like plus Godzilla, you know, which it was, it felt unreasonable to me, yeah. And, yeah. and I felt the <laughs> lack. Um, so obviously, this is something that that taps into a lot when we start talking about the psychology of what it is that drives adults, grown men and grown women, but probably mostly grown men, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. To buy yeah. toys. Um, so, you know, I think back on the '70s and what a time the '70s were. One of my favorite toys was my Steve Austin Six Million Dollar Man rocket, you know, that I could plug into the Bionic Man's arms. And anyway, Paul's looking at me like, what no, are you I talking had a, about? You're, one, you're the friend I, now that I was always envious of. I never yeah. had the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, I've never, I, I didn't get I to had play the Six Million Dollar Man. I had the man where you push his back and your arm goes up and it came with an engine. Literally. Oh, yeah. It yeah. came with an engine so he could lift yes. the engine. I remember so that. So I had him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was, <laughs> you know, 45 years ago. And now we have the means to go back and do this. And I want to talk about this trend. So adults buying toys. What's your hot take? What's your initial response? Is this good? Is it bad? What do you think? Well, from my perspective, I, I look at it and I think I understand people who might complain about it. I understand the idea that oh, well, these adults, they never grow up. We need real adults in in this day and age. We don't need little children. I understand that idea, but I personally don't think it's it's adults reverting to their childhood. I think, okay. it, personally, I think it's something that has actually been a part of our society for a very long time, okay. only it's toys now. But I think people have been collecting things and enjoying little nonsensical things for a long time. I think back to my mother, my mother used to collect painted plates. Okay. okay. Now, okay. as a, as a kid, that made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Why would you need a plate that you can't use? It's a plate that you just sit somewhere, you know. <laughs> but but for her, it represented this connection, this connection to things from her past or some time of the past or 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 uh, I- images or places, and they were important. And there were things that she connected with. And I think, in my mind, uh, that this new toy craze for adults is very much that, too. 
where you're sort of connecting back to something that was important to you, something that means something. That's mm-hmm. why you you really focus on Legos and Star Wars mm-hmm. because it's something that really it's for sha- my son. It's for shaped, my son. exactly, but it shaped <laughs> you in a certain way yeah. too. And and I think in a very real sense, we want to share that with our kids. Yeah. I, you know, you were talking about going on eBay. I went back and uh, I was collecting comics with my son, and some of the first comics I purchased though were the ones that came out when I was a kid. Right. So it was connecting back and then sharing that. You hit on so many really, really valuable points. And I think that that the one that I wanted to mention right now is that sense of connection with yourself. I think that's a really powerful uh, attraction pull to these toys, which I had never really thought about until you mentioned that. You know, I think that, that we... We're told essentially that that 90, 95% of who you are is created by the time you were 12 years old. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. of those experiences that you have in your childhood are so formative, which is one of the reasons why I think we do what we do, right? Because we're very, very sure about how influential the media can be for your children. Right. But when we look back at our own childhood, we know how powerful those times were. And I think it's sort of natural for us to grab on to those elements and bring them into our adult life because they still feel so much a part of us. Right. Now, there's a re- really weird theological flip side that I, I wanted to mention. Of course. <laughs> That's good. I would have been I would have been disappointed if there were not a theological flip side involved. We're on the edge but, of our seats. I think that, that that's really valuable. I think that's important. But as Christians, we are also new creations, right? right. We are moving into a new reality, and we shouldn't always be looking back to who Forgetting we were. Forgetting what's behind. But exactly, exactly. We need to move on to a better thing and to live for something else besides. Yeah, I, I got to admit, as I was reading the article about cadulting and I was, you know, I've definitely seen friends who like, you know, action figures and that kind of stuff. And it's no knock. It's it just ain't me. I mean, I'll enjoy playing Legos with my grandson. I'll enjoy reading a book that nostalgically I, I you know, brings me back. I remember this book when I was a kid. Go, dog, go. This is great, you know, um, or reading it to my own son. So it's fun. But when my grandson's gone, I'm not sneaking in, you know, his room and reading Go Dog Go. I'm reading C.J. Box. You know, I'm reading my own stuff. All right. I, I'm it's toys for me are now my own a, a kayak, a mountain bike, hiking equipment, something like that. I, I'm sure, not sure. that enthused with action figures. So I couldn't relate a lot to it. I think that I've kind of grown up and sure. I mean, and each of us are probably weird. Like I would totally I don't. I would totally, this is my Christmas list, if you guys ever want to buy me one, I would love a samurai sword. I would totally love a samurai sword. And I want someone to teach me how to use a samurai sword. I think that would be the coolest thing in the world. Uh, I don't know if that qualifies as a toy because I wouldn't buy a five-year-old a samurai sword. But, uh, you know, so maybe, I don't know. If if that's what it's saying, then yes, I'm all in. I'm all in if a samurai sword is a toy. I, I think we would hesitate to give you a samurai my sword for the same reason that we would hesitate to give it to a five-year-old. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's well beside put. the point. Tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, I, I, you know, the thing is, I think there's also a connection that, that a lot of people make with things, because you mentioned, Paul, how the media impacts us, and we're always talking about that. And mm-hmm. I think in a great way, um, 
people are connecting to that those media, the current media as well, through the toys and collectibles that they pick up. Like, for example, I know for the anime community, little figurines of, of the anime mm-hmm. fi- uh, characters are huge. They're huge. I mean, huge. Well, the figurines are small, but... <clears throat> yeah, but I mean... They're huge they're in their popularity. They're really, really popular. And, and you think, okay, but why? Why? But, yeah. And, you know, I've mentioned uh, that one show, uh, Spy Family, yeah. that I've really connected to, and it was mainly because of the characters and the themes, you know, because it's a very adoption-friendly theme and, and family-friendly. Um, but... I saw the other day these little figures of the characters from that show, and I thought, oh, those are so... And then I realized, I don't need to buy those. I don't need to buy those. But I, but I was tempted because yeah. it was a connection to this media that I appreciated and enjoyed. Yeah. I think it's also important for us to realize that we are being marketed to on yeah. all these screens. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, uh, like most movie fans, I was re-watching a Michael Bay film with the, just listening to the audio commentary. And as Michael Bay was talking, and I can't even remember if it was like Armageddon or if it was Transformers, but it was something they all where he said, together. oh yeah, yeah, they Explosions. do, they do. And, and he was admitting, he goes, yeah, we added guns to that because uh, the toy company, and he named a toy company, said that if we added guns to that, it'd be easier to sell that as whatever. And so literally, in the making of the film, they added guns to a vehicle because they knew it would sell more toys. And so, I mean, that's just an interesting thing to think that every time a movie comes out, you know, when Frozen came out, they were thinking of all the cool little stuff they're going to market to little girls across the world, you know, little boys and girls across the world. Mostly so girls, we need to realize we're being marketed to. <laughs> I totally agree with that, Jonathan. I think it's impossible to escape the reality that marketing drives so yeah. much of, of our world. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's probably a bigger conversation to maybe circle back to with regard to consumerism and marketing, Sure, you know, sometime later. But I, I also wanted to talk about, I think the thing that I was most excited about as my son was born was I can now share this story with him. Oh, and yeah. I think toys, you know, not only do they hearken back to our childhood, but they become a bridge to sharing the stories. Definitely that we love together. And I think as I reflect on that theologically, Paul, uh, you know, kind of going back to what you're saying, I think there's a paradox in play. Um, I think it's the difference between being childlike and being childish. You know, Jesus says to be childlike, to have that sense of innocence and wonder and sort of wide eyed, Mm -hmm. you know, openness to the world is a good and beautiful thing to be childish is to be immature and to not recognize what's most important. And I think actually sometimes the stories that we love, they kind of weave through both of those things. Yeah, and I think that toys really hook onto both of those, right? You've got the childish part of you that pushes children and adults now into a place of selfishness. They say, I want that. I want that. I will not be happy unless I have this physical, substantial thing in my closet, even if I never look at it again. It becomes yep. sort of this thing where we value this stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that the toys that we played with as children 
and the toys that we sometimes play with as adults, whether we're playing with, with our kids, our grandkids, or whether we're actually just enjoying it for ourselves, they do sort of open up that childlike quality. And, and I loved what you said, Adam, about that connection point. Um, as my kids were growing up, we, we played a lot of Legos. We yep. did a lot with Legos. And that became, oddly enough, a really important part of my daughter's world. Mm. She loves, to this day, she's grown up. She has a child of her own. She still builds these extravagant things. She's in the middle of building a zoo. Right. Yeah. She's got this a le- aviary. A Lego zoo. She's got exactly. She's got this aquarium and she has her baby is now two years old. And Aiden, her child, loves to watch her build, loves to look at what she's doing. It becomes this connection point from generation to generation. It allows for shared creativity, yeah. shared experiences. And I think that can be really valuable. That's, yeah. a, that's a very important point. And I think also you've got to consider the time consumed. You right. know, um, and maybe the money, depending on what the particular mm, particulars yeah, are. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, based on what you were just saying, Paul, about connecting with your daughter and then building these extravagant wonders. You know, that I think personally that that is far a far better use of time, because we mm. can say, well, well, they're wasting their time doing this or that. But I think it's a far better use of time than than a dad sitting in a corner with his phone flipping through TikTok videos. You know, uh, because he's he, you're making connections. You're yes. you're having yeah. fun together. You're and experiencing a relationship that makes a difference. Well, and I want to make another theological observation about time. And I hadn't thought about this before we sat down. And and that's the joy of the plugged in show, right? <laughs> we can have a conversation that is wide ranging. Um, you know, scripturally, there are two different words that talk about time in the Bible: Chronos and Kairos. And Kronos is time by the watch, right? I've got an appointment. I've got a deadline. I've got to get to work. My kids have to get to school. We have piano lessons. And most of us, at least in the Western world, we live in Kronos all the right. time, right? right? Yeah. Kairos is, uh, well, it's a lot of things, but it's that sense of God breaking into normal time and something different is happening. And Kairos is that time on the weekend where you actually don't have to be anywhere and you get lost in something, maybe a book, maybe a Legos, maybe whatever, and you actually have no idea what time it is. And I think spending that kind of Kairos time with our kids where we're not looking at the clock to rush off to the next thing, what a beautiful gift to give our kids. And especially when they're younger, I think actually playing with them yeah. creates something really powerful. Absolutely. What you said reminds me of a show that actually I just watched on Apple TV+. Plus. It's called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. Hmm. It's based on this children's book. It Is there a some... witch in a wardrobe in there somewhere? Because <laughs> it feels, feels like, like it there should, should be. <laughs> it, it, it was a very lovely story in a way. But one of the things that was said in it I, that struck me and feels feels apropos to this conversation, uh, someone says, doing nothing with friends 
friends is never doing nothing, Mm -hmm. is it? Mm -hmm. And I think the same can be said for family, only exponentially more so. As adults, sometimes we can feel like we have so many pressures, so many things that we have Mm. to do. But when we sit down with our kids, when we spend time with them, when we play with them, that is time never, ever wasted. I love that, and I think that is a great place to bring our conversation to a close here today. Thanks, guys. You bet. Well, joining us today for our second segment is Emily Chow. Emily, how are you? I'm doing good. Great. And you are here to tell us about the second season of Star Wars The Bad Batch. Now, this may be unlike something, say, like The Mandalorian or Kenobi. People may know what those are. My guess is there are a good number of people out there who have no idea what The Bad Batch is. So maybe just give us a little bit of an overview of the show, and then, as usual, we can talk about what we like and and maybe what some of the problems are. So if you were a fan of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which was an animated series, then you will know what The Bad Batch is. It is... Um, a bad batch of clones that were rejected and not allowed to fight <laughs> and everything. So they were given their own little unit and sent on, you know, all the bad missions and stuff during that TV series. So this is a um, sequel series following the events of when Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader, Order 66 is issued, and all of the Jedi Knights are murdered by their clone army. Because the clones have basically a switch in them. Yes, they have an inhibitor chip, which controls them. Exactly. And the Bad Batch... Um, in the first season, they still had their chips, but their chips were faulty. They've since removed those chips. So this is season two. And um, they have a young clone with them, a young girl named Omega. Uh-huh. And she's um, she's an unaltered clone of Jango Fett, who was the original guy that they did all the clones from. So, so she's, she's kind of like the Holy Grail. She's basically Boba Fett's sister, yeah. <laughs> in a way. Only little. Um, only younger and um, female. But yeah, so like she was kind of important in the first season because they wanted they could only make more clones using her genetic material. So there was this whole thing, like murder plot, kidnapping plot thing going on, and none of it came to fruition, but she's now just part of the Bad Batch. And, um, and she's maybe, what, yeah. 10, 12, somewhere in there, uh, eight. It's kind of hard to tell how old yeah. she is. This is an animated, animated series. So I'd say she's probably older than that just based on her height. I'd say she's probably like 13 based okay. on her height. And and the thing about the Bad Batch is they're not actually bad. No. They're good. Unlike all the rest of the clones who do the bidding of the Emperor, yeah. they are... They're sort of like a proto-rebellion. Yes, exactly. They're pre-rebels, you know? Right. So, yeah. And what, like, specific abilities or or things set these different characters apart from each other? Are they all sort of like just stormtroopers? Well, no, because, like, you got to think about the fact that a clone, they're all supposed to look like. So the Bad Batch does not look like any of the other clones. One's got a tattoo on his face. One of them's really big and bulky and strong. One of them is a super, like, he's like a genius. He's the brainiac Um, of the the team. Yeah, total brainiac. 
So yeah, they've all kind of got their and own. And is he special the one that thing. has like an arm missing? No, so there's that... a different guy. There's okay. another guy who um, he his arm is missing, so he has a drone arm okay. instead. Um, so yeah, they've each got their own special abilities and stuff, and different code names to identify themselves. Um, so yeah. Okay, so if I'm a parent and my child comes and says, "Hey, can I watch the Bad Batch?" and I don't know anything about it. What would you say? Like, here's what we like and here's what you need to be aware of. Um, if you were okay with them watching The Clone Wars, then you should be okay with them watching The Bad Batch. Basically, what you have is kind of typical Star Wars fare. You have lightsaber battles and uh, people are firing laser guns at each other. And um, sometimes uh, people can die. Um, I, I did notice in um, episode one of season two, the Bad Batch actually doesn't, they don't shoot to kill, they right. shoot to stun. They were shooting to um, stun. But the other clones, the bad clones as they were, um, they are the ones who are shooting to kill, but, you know, clone uh, stormtroopers can't aim. So. Right, exactly. It's, it's, it's <laughs> and like, these are the pre-stormtroopers. Yeah, so, so they really can't aim. They really can't aim. No, so... Um, so, yeah, there's just, like, that kind of violence. It's not particularly gory or bloody. It's yeah. not – you don't really have any language to deal with. You don't really have any um, sexual content at all. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty PG. It's very Star Wars. It's very Star Wars. And I, um, I'll i admit, my son and I watched the first season, and then we watched the first episode of the new season yeah. – um, so I'm up to speed on it as well. But as I was watching it, I thought, you know what? This is almost as close to like old school Saturday morning cartoons oh, yeah, as you're probably going to get. Yeah. Um, and and again, you've got the Star Wars violence. So it's not that it's without content, but this is not something that has some crazy progressive agenda well, at least not yet. Obviously, anything can happen. Yeah, you um, always have to say but yet. But <laughs> it, it, it almost felt like an old-fashioned throwback to me. It's like, ah, cartoons, you yes. know? And uh, my son's 16 now, but he's like, Dad, are we going to watch Bad Batch tonight? So we have enjoyed it together. And I think more so than a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the Plugged In show and things we review for Plugged In, I think this has some possibilities to enjoy as a family if you have a young Star Wars fan. Yeah. The Bad Batch is good. <laughs> the Bad Batch is good. And I think that is a great place to end our conversation here. Thanks, Emily. Yeah, no problem. Well, now it's time for a segment we call Name That Movie. And each of us sort of playfully try to stump each other with descriptions of movies that are a sentence or two that exaggerate something uh you know force us to think a little bit but we also have some fun you know describing movies in a way that maybe we wouldn't otherwise not the way we would do it in a plugged in review for example so i am going to lead us off today because i'm quite proud of of what i've come up with today so let's see if you can guess die hard too no is that the one in the airport yes or that is that the, one. the one in the airport <laughs> that's right it's a Christmas. That's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, Christmas. <laughs> oh, wait, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Okay. Are you ready? ready. Yes. All right. Ready, definitely. A friendly, mild-mannered iguana in the South Pacific decides enough is enough when a nuclear bomb falls on him 
and he takes out his mutated revenge on neighboring Tokyo. <laughs> oh, yeah, Godzilla, right? It's Godzilla. Yeah, it's not That's technically a good interesting. Iguana, I was gonna say almost iguana, threw me off, but well, mm. it was in the most recent one. It's, was he really? Yeah, in in the most recent iteration of Godzilla, it is an iguana. That's crazy. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is. And he's in an airport. And he's in an airport. Okay, who's next? <laughs> okay, I, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> A dark stranger fights against the world and is almost killed. But then he rises up to defend the love of a beautiful woman accused of witchcraft. Ooh. Harry Potter. No. <laughs> but close. I mean, it's not close. But it, you know the witch thing. The witch thing fits. But that's, she's a it witch. It doesn't. But it's not close. Sorry. It's uh, not close. No. But sort of. Okay. <laughs> Jonathan, do you have a guess? No, I'm stumped. I'm sitting here thinking. I, I, first, I was going to say actually like Superman. Or I went from Batman to Superman to. I uh, went to Scarlet Witch, which I'm pretty sure I, is not I, right. I've got a feeling you'll never get this one. Because right. it was actually spurred on by our conversation that we had about collectible things, and I was thinking back to something uh, that that I had that meant something to me in the past. So you will get it. <laughs> All right. So, well, so, what, do you want to give us a clue, or do you just want uh, to tell okay, us? Okay, it's it's based on a classic novel. Based on a classic novel, the hero rises from the dead. No, he's not killed, but he's badly, badly wounded. Oh, okay. It's, okay. It's a scarlet letter. No, I don't know. Knights. Knights of the Round Table. Uh, Ivanhoe. Yes. Yes. Are yes, you kidding is. me? No, it's Ivanhoe. Uh, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Cheshire Cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Ivanhoe. Yeah. And, and I was Elizabeth reminded, Taylor. Uh, yes, I was reminded of. Wow. Uh, I think uh, you guys talked to him. Because we were talking about collectibles, <laughs> and I was awesome. thinking back. While we were talking, I was my mind was running around thinking about, oh man, I used to love Ivanhoe, and I know my son bought me that book, and I, and then all of a sudden I thought, I'll just throw it out there, and you guessed it. Great wow, for you. good for you. I mean, that just goes to show that reading matters. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and old movies matter. I mean, it's a it's a twofer. That's right. All right, who's That's next? Awesome. Paul or Jonathan? Paul. I'll go. Paul for sure. All right, here we go. An industry suffers massive changes, leading to career disaster for some. And true love for others. Okay, that was way too broad. Yeah. <laughs> the Hudsucker What kind of industry? Wrong. That is completely and utterly, totally uh, wrong. Sleepless in Seattle. Hudsucker proxy you are been awesome. also wrong. <laughs> I do not think there was any industry that suffered from No, there's a bookstore thing that happens. Oh, gotcha. Right? Gotcha, yeah. Could be Notting Hill. You know, uh, know. Could be Notting Hill. Uh, but it's not. Uh, some sort of newspaper movie. You are so wrong. So wrong. So let me give you a clue. And this one, yes, please. Bob will get this right away. Oh, will I? Oh, good. Yes. Well, you guys have had a little exchange here today. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I didn't Ivanhoe tell him anything for... about Ivanhoe. I did okay. not All say right. anything. Right. No, go ahead. Moses supposes. Oh, wow. Yo, you're not. No, I'm not. Moses supposes a quote from My Fair Lady, but I mean, I'm it's not, not that, right? Uh, no, mm. I'm not connecting. Sorry. Is it like Amelia Bedelia? That is incorrect. Moses. Okay, supposes. what is it? Because I'm, I'm really curious now. I'm singing in the rain. 
Oh, okay. yes, saying, of course, of course, of course. Just realize that when we play this game and you pick things before Star Wars that I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Is Moses supposed to from Singing in the Rain? It was yes. from Singing in the Rain. Oh, yeah, but, I was thinking that, it was My Fair Lady. Totally got the wrong movie there. Yeah. It was the, it was the, the business going out of you know business exactly. that, that sort of threw me off, but the that business, it yeah. makes perfect sense Exactly. Now. Silent go. movies going into, yep, yep, into yep. talkies, yeah. the whole bit. Jonathan, what you got for us? A select group tours a zoo on the wrong day, and only a few live to tell the tale. Jurassic Park. There you go. Bingo. Oh, I like it. I like it. All right. Well, that was name. Do I win? That. Because I got two. <laughs> you do. I got two. You did. You, I, did. you know, it feels like perhaps you won. I think I won. But, I mean, this is really about. <laughs> Take the, that, Jonathan. The joy of. <laughs> I don't know. The joy of something. That's there, right. There is joy here. I'm not exactly but, sure. But Paul can wear the you know. winner star. Thank you. Yes, that's right. You Thank both, you. I'll give you a trophy. The pity winner you star. You made an amazing <laughs> shot in the dark guess, and you stumped us. So, yeah, yeah you you're the winner. There you're you the go. winner. Well, speaking of winners, uh, we hope you guys listening today feel like winners as well, having been able to join in our conversation. That was a nice segue. Uh -huh, thank you. Years of training. Uh, and if you've enjoyed the show, tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to, to help others enjoy the Plugged In show as well. And you can also leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And we would also love to hear from you. Do you and your kids enjoy playing with certain toys together. Were you as happy as I was when your son or daughter started asking for Lego sets for Christmas? <laughs> We'd love to hear those stories. And we would also love to get from you icebreaker questions that you would like us to talk about. And if you've got a name that movie summary, we would love to hear it. In fact, the best one we receive, we will read on the show and we'll send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, Parenting Generation Screen. Well, you can give us your responses on our Facebook or Instagram pages or send us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And like they used to say back in the day, operators are standing by to receive your feedback. So send it our way. Well, as we close out another conversation this week, we want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, in our conversation about adulting, we know you have a million things that you could choose to do, and we're grateful for your listening and engagement with The Plugged In Show. We hope your 2023 is off to a great start, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show. <laughs> <laughs>